the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. Today we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 14. And in chapter 9, we saw that the first five verses the author wrote about the contents of the tabernacle. And then in verses 6 through 10, he wrote about the ceremonies and the rituals. We explored both of those with great detail because we're not Hebrews. And it becomes necessary in order for us to comprehend the impact of what the author is talking about, is to come at it from the Hebrews' perspective, to understand what what they were actually battling, what was coming against their faith, what was drawing them away from truth. And I've made that comparison to what we deal with in terms of stepping away from the temporal, and keeping our eyes upon the eternal, which is a matter of faith, and we live this life by faith, right? Okay, this was all by way of comparison that the author did this, comparison of the new to the old, in order to show the Hebrews that the old was temporary and imperfect, right? And it was a shadow of things to come that was never meant to last. So now the author is going to show us the significance of the new sacrifice, that is Christ's sacrifice, over the old system of sacrifice. And it is really incomparable because the new sacrifice is infinitely greater, it's eternal, it's perfect, And in one is the work of man, and the other is the work of God. So we don't compare, really. They don't compare at all. In verses 11 through 14, we will look at the validity of the new sacrifice, and we're going to look at the expiatory work of Christ. Now, in the next few weeks, we're going to be using that word a lot. The word expiation or the word expiatory is an old English word, and it refers to the means by which atonement or reparation is made, how satisfaction was achieved. And these verses are meant to give the Hebrew Christians a 
full understanding of how much better the sacrifice of Christ is than the old covenant sacrifices. In contrast, Christ's sacrifice with the ritual of the Day of Atonement. Now we know that in the body of Christ, we are all sanctified once for all. We know that, right? We understand that. Our Lord came down from heaven and dwelt or tabernacled in a body that was prepared for sacrifice. Philippians 2, verse 7 says, But he emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality and his rightful dignity by assuming the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. He became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. So our Lord came into the world and was given a body that he might be a sacrifice on the altar for atonement or expiation of our sins. A spirit cannot be sacrificed. So there had to be a body, a lamb without stain of sin, holy, undefiled, separate from sinners. He was the only acceptable offering for the sins of humanity. God prepared him for such. Now, our Lord owed no debt to the justice of God, so he assumed the penalty on our behalf. He died on our behalf. Now, I know I'm not telling you guys anything that you don't know, but... It is key that we take the truth of the Word of God and we don't pass it off as something we've heard before, but we literally allow the Spirit of God to bring revelation of the truth of it. Because is there anyone here that has a full understanding of the impact of what I just told you? I don't think there is. I think that if we had just a very small opening to see the fullness of this, we would be overwhelmed. We would not be able to speak because it would be a revelation of God himself. Jesus became our sacrifice. Second Corinthians 5.21 He made Christ who knew no sin to judicially be sin on our behalf so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable to him, that is God, and placed in right relationship with him, that is God, by his gracious loving kindness. He made that sacrifice once and for all, forever. It was received in eternity. The justice of God was fully satisfied. And that is the focus of the text we're looking at today. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 14. Would you please stand with me as I read? Hebrews 9, verses 11 through 14, it says, But when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things to come, that is, true spiritual worship, he entered through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not part of this material creation. He went once for all into the holy place, the holy of holies of heaven, into the presence of God, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, having obtained and secured eternal redemption, that is, the salvation of all who personally believe in him as Savior. 
For if the sprinkling of ceremonially defiled individuals, persons, with the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a burnt heifer is sufficient for the cleansing of the body, how much more will the blood of Christ, through the eternal Holy Spirit, willingly offered himself, unblemished, that is, without moral or spiritual imperfection, as a sacrifice to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works and lifeless observances to serve the ever-living God. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. The beginning of verse 11 is bringing a striking contrast. But when Christ appeared is what it says. Now some of your translations probably say, but Christ. I like that, but Christ. He did what Aaron and the sacrifices of the Old Covenant could not do. He is referred to as the Christ, Jesus Christ, the Son, the Anointed One, our Lord. But Christ, our High Priest, declared, he's that way because he was declared our High Priest through an oath of God, that's in Hebrews 7.28, of good things to come. And those good things to come are the good things that have come through the Old Covenant. And the beginning, I like this, it says, and the beginning of true spiritual worship. John 4.23, Jesus said unto her, But a time is coming, and is already here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit, from the heart, the inner self, and in truth. For the Father seeks such people to be his worshipers, and that's what he made out of the new creation, such worshipers. We now worship him in the fullness of who we are in our hearts. Jesus entered through the great and more perfect tabernacle, and that's in reference to his flesh, not made with hands. This high priest is bringing us into the very presence of God. Not temporarily, not intermittently like we feel emotionally sometimes, but permanently. He brought us into intimate fellowship, to a true and undefiled worship. Before there was absolutely no access unto God, And you could know about God. You could get a view of his character through the law or the illustrations given through the law or the demonstrations of his presence and power, but you could not draw near to him. Now, the old covenant was temporary. It was never intended to be permanent. They had trouble letting go. That is, the Hebrews had trouble letting go of the temporary. Now, if you're having trouble identifying with their stubborn refusal to let go of the old and temporary, I invite you to take a look in the mirror. Take a look at your body. Do you enjoy being reminded of its mortality? I don't. Do you think of your body as being temporary or do you distract yourself from the truth of it? There is plenty of evidence We see it daily, and the older you get, the more frequently, that it is temporary. It is of a temporary nature being played out before our eyes. You see its weakness and its frailty. Now, this is not to be a source of grief. It is a man-centered view that grieves over this, but rather a beautiful reminder 
of the good things to come. And that is what we see in our high priest. The tent was old, the tent of the tabernacle. It had no sense of permanence about it. It was made with material that would deteriorate over time. Things would have to be replaced over time due to age and wear and tear. And the Hebrews were clinging to that which would pass away. It was not to be compared with the perfect and eternal, which was not built by flesh or the will of man. This is a spiritual, eternal temple made from the habitation of the triune God. It is in heaven that this temple exists. It is the throne of God where God is seated. Acts 17.24 The God who created the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Jesus Christ has come through a greater and more perfect tabernacle, that is his body, and as a high priest of good things that have come. After 4,000 years, the atonement for, for sin has come through the shed blood of Christ, and with it, we are brought into the very presence of God. We've been ushered into the Holy of Holies to stay. 1,500 years after the veil was hung to shut off everybody but the high priest, it was one day a year, 33 years after the coming of our Savior, we have been settled, made to dwell in the very presence of the Father. Heaven is our sanctuary. It is where the presence of God is. In this place, there is unceasing worship prayer and praise. It is where you live. You are part of the heavenly worship team. You are in Christ and ever before the throne. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 5 and 6. Even when we were spiritually dead and separated from him because of our sins... He made us spiritually alive together with Christ. For by his grace, his undeserved favor and mercy, you have been saved from God's judgment. And he raised us up together with him when we believed and seated us with him in the heavenly places because we are in Christ Jesus. He went once for all, this is verse 12, he went once for all into the holy place, the holy of holies of heaven, into the presence of God, and not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood, having obtained and secured eternal redemption. That is the salvation of all who personally believe in him as Savior. Through his own blood, through the living blood. Now that means life. Shed blood refers to a natural or violent death. The reference to blood is a reference to a violent death. The violence and sin of man facilitated his death. Through his own blood, he is come through the veil of separation. That veil is manifestation of man's estrangement from God. It's a manifestation of man's separation from God. When Jesus made the sacrifice that he made, the veil was completely torn 
As one theologian said, if the veil had just been simply lifted up, it might have fallen back down again. But it was torn, Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one. It was rent from top to bottom. There can no longer be any separation. It is a full and open access to the very throne room of God. And it's open for us. It allows the child of God to enter with their high priest into the presence of the Father. There's nothing left to be done. He's done it all. Hebrews 10.14 tells us, For by one offering he has perfected forever and completely cleansed those who have been sanctified, bringing each believer to spiritual completion and maturity. It's completed. It's finished. Once for all, redemption has come and stands as the finished work of God's eternal plan. Through his own blood, his blood is your life. You know that. Like the vine gives life to the branch, you are a new life that's animated by his blood. By his shed blood, we received eternal redemption. You know, eternity has no beginning and no ending. It exists in God himself. It never needs renewal or maintaining. An unchanging, immutable, sovereign God has redeemed the child of God. We were purchased and we were made his by his own blood. And eternal redemption removes us from the confines of time. It has no beginning and no past. It delivers us from the past, present, and future of flesh and places us in the very presence of the I am. Now, if you can't find victory in that, you don't know where to look. What does that mean? That means that everything you thought held you back is not any longer a part of who you are. Everything you thought inhibited you from knowing the fullness of Christ is no longer a part of who you are. The past that has left baggage in your soul is no longer your baggage. The present mistakes, even the contemplation of mistakes, is not changing who you are. The future of what you might do, how you might fall away, of the decisions you might make. These things do not take you from where you are with God. They simply distract you from the truth of your presence with God. Your relationship with God. Your fellowship with God. Living in the presence of the I am means that you are eternally present in righteousness. Eternally present in perfection. Eternally held in holiness. You're never moved from that position. Your behavior can't move you from that position. The influences of your temporal society... The context of the life that you live down here, even the limitations of the body that you dwell in, cannot change the I am of your eternal existence. That should give you confidence. That should secure your heart with him. And eternal redemption removes us from the confines of time. It is a personal act of immeasurable love. Not the blood of an animal, but the blood of our Savior. 
His sacrifice, his life is now cast on the mercy seat, the very throne of God. His blood now stains the mercy seat and is a glorious fulfillment of the plan of God. Verse 13. For if the sprinkling of ceremonially defiled persons with the blood of goats and bulls and ashes of a burnt heifer is sufficient for the cleansing of the body. Stop there. The blood of animals was a picture. It was a temporary representation. Not just of our need, but of God's determination that man be cleansed. Why would he keep the picture in front of them? It shows God's determination to bring us into fellowship with himself. God's determination to have his children around him. You know, it's the goal of every parent to have their children about them, to share their life with them. If the blood of animals could provide an external ceremonial cleansing, how much more the blood of Christ. Isaac Watts, who lived in the 17th century, wrote this verse in one of his hymns. It says, Not all the blood of beasts on Jewish altars slain could give the guilty conscience peace or wash away one's stain. But Christ, the heavenly lamb, took all of our sins away, a sacrifice of nobler name and richer blood than they. See, the blood of animals kept the Jews in right standing with Mosaic law. Animals were not offering themselves. They were unaware of the significance of their sacrifice. They were not voluntary sacrifices. And their death was a quick affair. Very little suffering, if any, was involved. Christ's sacrifice was just the opposite. It was torturous, and it was voluntary. Animals temporarily purified the flesh. His sacrifice took away the validity of guilt from our conscience. Verse 14. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Holy Spirit willingly offered himself unblemished, that is, without moral or spiritual imperfection as a sacrifice to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works and lifeless observances to serve the ever-living God. Now, because of the shed blood, we walk into the presence of God, and the triune God receives us with joy. Because of the blood, death has passed over us like it passed over the blood-stained post of the Israelites. The perfect sacrifice has been delivered. It has delivered us before the throne, made us new like his eternal self. We are without moral or spiritual imperfection there. The conscience cannot condemn The Spirit, through the author, asks, How much more will the blood of Christ cleanse your conscience from the dead works and lifeless observances to serve the ever-living God? In other words, wake up. Wake up, Hebrews, and own the truth and be set free to serve. And that's the thing. 
We don't recognize that what God has done in us has equipped us to be able to participate in the greatest privilege that any existing creation can have. That is to serve him. Now, we don't like the word serve. Somebody asks us to serve, we see ourselves having to do something we really wouldn't care to do. But service in the mind of God, service of himself and his throne is a privilege, it's a blessing. It is literally part of your inheritance. Because in the service of our Lord, you must be empowered by him. Do you see yourself before the throne? Do you recognize that you have been made clean and perfect before God? Do you recognize that the chains of guilt that the enemy would bind you in can be cast aside so that you are free to serve, enter into the fullness of all that he created you for? This life is but a shadow. It's a very dim picture. And we don't avail ourselves to what picture there is in it. Because to the degree that we ignore obedience, we ignore worship, we ignore prayer, we ignore the word of God, going forward in our own self-indulgent way and, and forgetting those things, we have literally looked away from the picture that God has given us and the opportunity that God has given us to see him, to know him, to worship him to be in his presence not only literally in our spirit but in our souls and to exercise the truth of that presence through our body thank you for joining us for his life revealed with pastor todd granger this program is the radio ministry of his life fellowship in san antonio texas if you'd like to know more about us visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.